Turn with me, if you would, this morning to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 4. We've been on this series for some weeks now. I believe we're nearing the conclusion of this part of it. A series we're calling Great Grace. Great Grace. In the beginning days of the church, we saw after Jesus had been raised from the dead, they saw him ascend up right up into the clouds, out of their sight, and the angels said, just like you saw him leave, he's coming back that same way. Do you believe he's coming back? We saw the Spirit of God fall on them in the upper room. They were all gloriously filled and, and came down out of the upper room speaking in tongues and glorifying God. And Peter preached like a house of fire and thousands got saved. And then in Acts 3, they're walking by uh, the gate called Beautiful at the, the temple. And the man lame from his mother's uh, womb, never had walked, the Bible said. They spoke to him and said, in the name of Jesus, get up. And walk, and he leapt and walked. You know, what a miracle. Not only he'd never taken a step, you know, wasn't able to, but he didn't know how to walk because he'd never taken a step. He instantly is healed and running and jumping and leaping. It shook the whole city. And uh, the uh, leaders uh, were angry. And uh, they threatened the apostles and commanded them, don't preach or teach anymore in this name, and beat them. But they went back to their own company and lifted up their voice and said, Lord, give us more boldness to preach this better than we ever. They're not quitting. And give us some more of these miracles. Stretch forth your hand to heal. And so in the the fourth chapter of Acts, we see kind of a summary statement uh, about the condition of the church. Acts 4.33. Acts 4.33 says, With great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and... Great grace was upon them all. Say that last phrase out loud with me, please. And great grace was upon them all. Say it again. And great grace was upon them all. Something was on the whole church. Not just a few in leadership. Not just a few that had been walking with the Lord for a long time. Few people that prayed a whole lot extra or knew most of the scriptures. Everybody upon them all. Guy that got saved that morning till the person in the great with the greatest experience and anointing in the church. There was something upon them. It was grace on them. And then there's a descriptor to tell how much great grace was upon them all. Now, in Proverbs 19 and uh, 12, you'd have to turn there, but it says the king's favor is like dew on the grass. Same word translated grace is sometimes translated favor. And here, favor and grace is compared to dew. Well, dew can be so light that it's barely perceptible, or it can be so heavy till it's dripping off of things like a, a rain. And grace is this way. Grace can be on you and in you and helping you and you not even realize you were helped. You not perceive it. Or grace can be so strong in you that it's hard to miss. It's not just helping you, it's carrying you. Now there are different degrees of grace. James 4, 6 said God gives more grace. The Bible talked about Jesus increased in favor. There are varying degrees of grace. How would it affect us if we had more grace on us? Could we tell it? How would it show up? How would it manifest? Well, let me read some things to you that describe some of the effects of grace. Uh, Hebrews 4.16. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us come boldly. Before the throne of grace, unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. His grace is our help. So if we had more grace, we'd have more help. Divine help. 
2 Timothy 2.1 says, Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, so His grace is our strength. If we had more grace, we'd be stronger. Hebrews 12.28 says, Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. God's grace in us is ability to please Him. Ability to serve Him on a level that's acceptable to Him, and that's always excellent. If we had more grace, we'd operate on a higher level. We'd produce with greater excellence. Are you interested in any of these things? How would it show up if you did the things that you need to do and allowed God to increase grace upon your life until by the end of this year you had 50% more grace than you started out with? Could you tell it? How would it show up? Among other things, if there'd been areas that you'd been struggling with, you'd get it done, but it was an ordeal. With more grace, that'd now be easy to you. And if there are areas that you had not been making it, you'd not been accomplishing. You'd been falling short. With enough grace, you could now do it. Amen. With enough grace, areas that you've been failing and falling in, sins, temptations, areas that you just keep messing up over and over again, with enough grace and enough strength and enough help, you'd quit yielding and put it behind you and be done with it. With enough grace, you can overcome any habit, any addiction. You can resist any temptation. With enough grace, you can receive any miracle. Nothing would be too big. With enough grace, you could be the person, the full potential of the person God called you to be. You could be the man, the woman, the husband, the wife, the father, the mother. You could be fully. What God would have you to be with enough grace. Are you hungry for more grace? Oh, you ought to be. We ought to be greatly desirous of more grace. Well, God's the God of all grace. He's not withholding grace from us. There's a manward side to this, and so we've gone into great detail about it. We've looked at a lot of examples of grace. And if you haven't been with us, let me encourage you, you know, get, go back to the word supply and, and get the uh, CDs, get the DVDs, go online, download it, get caught up. We looked at uh, Noah and how his, him and his whole family got saved and spared by grace. We looked at, at Esther, how she went from total obscurity to being used of God to save a nation by the grace, the Bible said. We saw Joseph. How even though he was discarded and sold as a slave by the grace that was in him and on him, everywhere he went, he began to run the place in hardly any time at all. Yeah. Huh? They just turned over everything to him. Because of, everybody say grace. grace. Favor. Favor. We saw Daniel and his companions that, uh, uh, you know, even though they were captives and, uh, by the grace of God, they excelled and what they produced was ten times better than everybody else that they were dealing, competing with or dealing with. And we saw that they had special treatment and they were spared from destruction and problems. We saw Ruth go from being a nobody, a foreigner, a stranger, to being Jesus' great-grandma. How many of the grace of God will bring you from nowhere to somewhere? It'll bring you from being nothing to being something. From being nobody to being somebody. It's the grace. It's the grace. We saw David. How he was preserved everywhere he went. And we saw how that God built him a house. We saw John. By the grace of God. He was closer to Jesus. Than the rest of the twelve. Than anybody else. He was in on things that nobody else was. We saw Jesus. Glory to God. How that he went from the heart of the earth. To the right hand of the Father. By the grace of the Almighty. I want us to go further in talking about our part of qualifying for greater grace. Go with me, please, to Galatians, the second chapter. And let's see some things that Paul, uh, the apostle, learned in following the Lord and pursuing the call on his life. He learned these things about grace and things that allowed him to receive grace beyond others. Galatians 2 and 9. 
He said, when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship. What did these men perceive in Paul? They perceived the grace that we should go to the heathen and they to the circumcision. The NIV says it like this. When they recognized the grace given to me. The Amplified says it like this. When they knew, perceived, uh, recognized, understood, and acknowledged the grace. Does the grace need to be perceived? Does it need to be acknowledged and understood? It does. And we're into now something that is a big part of you and I obtaining more of this precious grace. You're not going to yield to an increase in something you don't even acknowledge is there. Y'all with me, friends? They perceived the grace. I know the, uh, the Lord said to me some years back, maybe you've heard me say it if you've been around on some situations, he said, I'm helping you much more than you know. Well, we already read scripture that referred to the help being grace. So that means that he was gracing me in areas and I didn't even realize it. Well, that could be true in a measure all through the rest of our life, but in specific areas that have to do with our call and place in life, it's not okay that we be perpetually ignorant of this grace. You can see in reading the epistles, Paul was continuously aware of this grace in his life, and he talked about it. You know, letter after letter after letter, he makes references to the grace that's in him and on him. Let me just read uh, uh, some of the scriptures that deal with this. Look in Romans, how about it? Romans, the 15th chapter. Romans 15, 15. He said, nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly to you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God. He said, I'm bold to write this to you and say this to you and put you in mind about this. Why? Because of the grace. Because of the grace. He refers to the grace as why he has the right to say this to them. And how he has the ability to say it to them. And why he's bold to say it to them. It's the grace, he said. He's aware of and depending on and reminding them of the grace. Go to the uh, 12th chapter. Romans 12. And 3. Romans 12, 3. He says, for I say... Through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. He said, I'm saying this to you through the grace of God. Thank you, Lord. Go over to uh, Ephesians, please. Ephesians 3 and 2. He said, if you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you were. He said, God gave me grace for you. Verse 3, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. Let's just read several verses down through here. When you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men as it's now revealed to his Holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. 
that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effectual working of his power. This is a rich word here concerning what we're focusing on today. He said, God graced me to minister to you. That grace is divine help, it's divine ability, it's opportunity, it's strength. Come on, can you see this? You can say it like this, I'm anointed to minister to you. I am called, I am sent, I'm empowered, I'm graced and favored to do this. Was Paul aware of the grace in his life? And on his life, he talked about it. You know, all through these epistles, he keeps referring back to it. In verse 8, unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Skip down to Colossians 1. Over, I should say, to Colossians 1 and 25. Paul said repeatedly, I'm graced. I'm graced. God has put grace in me. God has put grace on me. God has gifted me. Now see, some people might think, well, that'd be inappropriate. That's like bragging. No, it's not. Because you didn't grace yourself. Giving credit to the grace is giving glory to the one that gave the grace. When you're praising the grace that's in your life, you're not praising yourself. Because you can't anoint yourself. You can't grace yourself. You can't empower yourself. He said, verse 25, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Skip down to verse 29. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. This is a description of grace. He works in us to will and to do of all his his good pleasure. That's not us stirring us up. That's him. That's not us energizing ourselves. That's him. And the NIV, it talks about this. In the NIV, he says, uh, To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. This is grace. There's something beyond me in me. Something energizing me. Something enlightening me. Something quickening me. It's the grace of God. There's something that goes with me everywhere I go. There's something that's already there before I get there preparing it for me. Come on now. There's something that helps me. The Bible said every good gift and every perfect or complete gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. Anything that is good, anything that is complete, you didn't just do that on your own. It's a gift. I said, it's a gift. Now see, pride says, it's me. Humility knows it's him. People say, well, you know, I, yeah, I just, I've always been able to do that. I just, you know, I'm good at that. I got skills. <laughs> Listen, friend, your heart could not take another beat except for the grace of God. You wouldn't be able to get out of the bed and find the door in the morning, much less go anywhere and have any success. Not only are we created by God, we are sustained every millisecond of our existence. Now, I know a lot of people don't believe that, but they're just confused. This is the truth. There is a God who creator of the heavens and the earth. He made you. He made me. And he sustains me. Say it out loud. He sustains me. He sustains me. 
Glory to God. You know Paul had said this on one occasion. That the Lord told him. My grace is sufficient. For you. Everything you need. Everything you need to do. Now go with me if you would over to. uh, 1 Corinthians 15. And you can find Romans. 11 if you want to. We'll go from one to the other. 1 Corinthians 15. And then Romans 11. 1 Corinthians 15 and 9. He said, I'm I'm the least of the apostles. That am not meet to be called an apostle. Because I persecuted the church of God. Verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Now, if you read the rest of it, you see he'd been talking about all the churches that had been raised up and all the miracles that had happened, all the people that had been saved, all the amazing things that had happened. He said, I, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Now let's just stop right here. Listen to this phrase. Don't look at the scripture for a moment. Just listen to the phrase. I worked and accomplished more than all the rest of them. See, you don't like that phrase, do you? (laughs) But is there something wrong with this scripture? Or something wrong with the way you're hearing it? Now, if you just stop there, it would not be right. But he didn't stop there. He said, I labored more abundantly than they all. Not a period. Yet, not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The basic... uh, English Bible, he said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace, which was given to me, has not been for nothing. You know, the Bible talks about in other places in the New Testament, don't receive the grace of God in vain. What does that mean? For nothing, for no no purpose or fruit. Is it possible to be graced and it amount to nothing? To be graced? He mentions that his grace that was given to me, it wasn't wasted. It wasn't for nothing. It accomplished something. How could it be that you're graced and it accomplishes nothing? Well, you didn't perceive it. And you didn't acknowledge it. You didn't yield to it. Do we need to perceive the grace in us? Do we need to acknowledge The grace that's been given us. We do. But many have seen this. As being haughty. And proud. And braggadocious. Because they haven't distinguished. Between what's them. And what's him. Too often people will. uh, Diminish or make little and light of. Grace. You're able to do something. It accomplishes a lot. It's a good thing. It helps people. It advances something. And people go, wow, that was great. That was amazing. And they go, oh, it was nothing. What was nothing? What are you talking about? Oh, it's just me. You know, I, I'm nobody. And don't realize they are disrespecting and devaluing Something that God has done in them. Because they didn't grace themselves. Come on, can you see this, friends? But when you do that and you go, ah, oh, you know, it's nothing. I'm nobody. That's nothing. You are not perceiving the grace and you're not acknowledging the grace. And that's how it, you can wind up being graced for nothing. In vain. You keep making little of it and casting aside, it's going to manifest less and less. Paul didn't do this. He had a revelation. 
Amen. And he talked about it seemingly every opportunity he got. I mean grace, I'm graced and this, and I'm graced that. God graced me to do this, and his grace is working in me mightily. And I worked harder than everybody else, because it wasn't me, it was the grace. It was the grace. The grace. Man, we, he's saying, we've been to more countries, we started more churches, we got more people saved, uh, but it was the grace. It was the grace. Is he glorifying God by giving credit to the grace because he didn't grace himself? Oh, do you see this, saints? The New Century Version says it like this, but God's grace has made me what I am. You know, he was a blasphemer and a destroyer of the church and a a religious legalist and zealot. And now he's an anointed Sign and miracle working gospel preaching apostle, right? What made him? The grace, the grace took him from that to that. That's what he's saying. God's grace has made me what I am today. And his grace to me was not wasted. It wasn't wasted on me because I worked harder than all the other apostles, but it was not I really. It was God's grace that was with me. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Romans 11 and 13. Notice how he says this. Romans 11, 13. He said, I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles. I magnify mine office. The NIV says, I make much of my ministry. Is that pride? <laughs> Thank you for those two notes. <laughs> See, this is why we're talking about this today, because we need major mind renewal. There has been some ugly, phony humility, fake humility. Oh, I'm nothing. No, it's, that was nothing. I'm nothing. And you say, well, okay, you're nothing. Shut up and sit down. <laughs> and then people would get mad and they'd go, huh, well, I guess I'm this good as you or anybody. Well, which one is it? <laughs> See, this is a bunch of junk. People don't even believe what they're trying to say. We need to distinguish between what's us and what's him. We need to differentiate. Yes. Of myself. I can do nothing. By myself. But thank God I'm not by myself. He's in me. And by his grace. I can do all things. I can do anything. He calls me to do. And I can do it higher. And I can do it stronger. And I can do it more. And I can do it further. But it ain't me. It's the grace that's in me and on me. But that's not bragging on me because I didn't grace myself. You didn't grace yourself. Oh, can you see this? In 2 Corinthians, the, uh, the 10th chapter, you see this difference talked about. Paul said in verse uh, 1, 2 Corinthians 10, Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent am bold towards you. There are times you are to be bold and step out, and there are times you are to hush and sit down. Because there's some things you're graced to do, and there are things you're not graced to do. And you need to know the difference. And just because you're graced to do one thing, doesn't mean you're graced to do everything. And just because you're graced to know and understand one area, doesn't mean you know everything about every other area. You ever met anybody that thought they knew everything? About everything? 
and thought they could do everything? Well, they can't. Nobody can. Nobody can. The Bible said we have every one of us has received grace, but we've received grace and gifts differing. To one is given this. To another is given this. None of us have all the graces. None of us have all the gifts. None of none of us. Now you can have multiples. The Bible talks about grace upon grace. You can have layered grace. And we all do to a degree. But just for the specific areas that we're called and, and anointed and directed to do. You put us all together, we got it all. But you alone, you just got a part. And you need to discern when you're graced, you need to believe it. You need to say it. I'm graced. I'm anointed to do this. I can do this and I can do it excellently. And I can do it well and you ain't bragging on you. I magnify and make much of my ministry. I make much of the anointing. But then when it's an area that you're not graced to, that's when you need to hush and step back. Right? This, they saw this to such a degree that they talked about Paul like he had a split personality. Read it and you'll see what I'm talking about. Verse 2, he said, I, well, verse 1, he said, in presence I'm base among you and absent I'm being bold towards you. Well, which is it, Paul? Base or bold? But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I'm present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walk according to the flesh. Skip down to verse uh, 9. He said uh, that I may not seem as if I would terrify you by letters, for his letters say they, some people were saying this about Paul, they say his letters are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. He said, let such a one think this, that such as we are in word by letters when we're absent, such will we be indeed when we're present. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. But we will not boast of things without our measure. Did he boast about his measure? He did. But he said, I'm not going to boast about what I'm not graced to do and what my measure does not include. According to the rule that God has distributed to us, a measure to reach even to you. If we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reach not unto you, for we are come as far to you in preaching the gospel of Christ. He said, verse uh, 17, He that glories, let him glory in the Lord, for not he that commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. We need to know the difference. Leaders, ministers, listen. Just because you're a pastor doesn't make you everybody's pastor. Just because you're the head of your household doesn't mean you're the head of anything else. Just because you're over your department at work doesn't mean you're over anybody else's department. Or anywhere else or anything else. Right? Where's your grace? Where's your measure? Well, in that place, be confident and confess it. Perceive it, acknowledge it. But outside of it, hush, slow your roll, back off, back down. Be humble and quiet and defer to somebody that is graced to do that. Somebody that is anointed. Be teachable. You know, if you're supposed to lead in an area, your grace will then step up and do it. But if it's another area, then you step back, sit down, you be the student and you be a good one. I know if you're used to uh, talking all the time, if you're used to being in the front, if you're used to leading, then you'll almost just start doing that. But it can be a big mistake because this ain't your area. This ain't your grace. When somebody starts talking about something and you can perceive they're graced in that area, it's time for you to be quiet and fall in behind them. Come on, can y'all see this? 
And it can be as simple as somebody that's good on transmissions. And you don't know what you're talking about. Well, hush then. You already described to them four times the weird noise it made. Now, hush. (laughs) You're not graced. Let them tell you. And nod your head and follow. Huh? (laughs) There are few things more obnoxious than somebody that's totally ignorant of something trying to teach on it. Have you ever experienced this before? Just, you know, it's bad to be dumb. But it's worse to be dumb and think you're smart about something. All of us have areas that we are clueless about. All of us have areas that we got no experience. And not only do we have no experience, we got no grace. And that's when we need to be like Paul. We need to be base. We need to be humble. We need to back off and listen. Oh, but when it's your grace. That means you up to bat. You might know what I'm talking about. That means you, you're up. And you know it. You go, okay, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, this, this is my grace. Don't, it's not a matter of bragging on yourself, but you say, I can do this. I'm graced to do this. I'm anointed to do this. Amen. I magnify my call. Look in Philemon. You see, it says this. Just one chapter in Philemon. If you'd find that, please. And the sixth verse. Philemon in chapter 1, of course, in verse 6. What does it say? That the communication of your faith may become effectual by. By what? By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Do we need to acknowledge what the Lord has put in us? What he's put on us? We do. We need to perceive it. We need to be aware of it. Now, some months ago at the church here, uh, we spent weeks and weeks on a subject we called graces and places. And we went into great detail about how to identify graces and how to find your place. And so that's available. It won't cost you anything. Remember, if it's no cost, means no excuse for not getting it, not knowing it, not having it. But we need to identify these graces, perceive them, and yield to them. I know there's been a handful of people in my life in the past, uh, well, my whole life, that have perceived God's grace in me and on me and called for it to come out and And called on me to do things that required the exercise of it before I saw it. Uh, My parents in the beginning were some. Uh, My dad. You know, some graces you're born with. Other graces are when you're born again. Other graces can be added when you fill with the Spirit. Or later on in life uh, to accomplish the call. I know uh, my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, helped me much along this line. We were able to serve with them for years. And I don't mean once, I don't mean twice, or 50 times. I don't know how many times. He'd call on me to do things. And I, especially in the beginning, he'd call on me to do things, and I'd think, huh? Can I do that? And I had faith in God, but I had faith in him too, that if he believed I could, and he believed I had this, then maybe I do. Prior to it, I'm not aware of it, I'm not acknowledging it, I'm not perceiving it, I'm not yielding to it. But since he called on me to do it, I started looking for it. Come on, can y'all see this now? I started looking for it in me. And begin to try to step out by faith. And as I did, I began to realize, I can do this. I can do this. Glory to God. Maybe a little bit choppy and rough at first. But uh, nobody just starts out fully developed. But you're not going to develop it all 
if you don't ever perceive the graces that are in you and on you. And oh how that's one of the great benefits of having some experienced uh, spiritual leadership in our lives. God anoints leaders to help identify these graces. And call for them to come out. And it's also why, uh, especially a good leader that you know is a solid man or woman of God that's over you in some capacity. They call on you to do something. Don't look in their face and tell them you can't do it. Are you listening to me, friends? Because there's a whole lot more going on here than you perceive. This can be the beginning of the development of a whole area of grace in your life. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And as you acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ, and you begin to step out in those areas, that's how it develops. And if you're faithful in the small, he'll increase you. Can you see we're talking about greater grace? More grace. More grace. In the New King James, he says that the sharing of your faith may become effective By the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now, if you're not effective, what are you? Ineffective. Do you reckon there's a lot of Christians that are ineffective in their witness, in the sharing of their faith, in fellowshipping their faith with others? Why? Because they have not acknowledged the good grace and the good gifts and the good things that God has put in them. Go with me to 1 Peter 4. I'm thinking about closing. But you know, if we could get into something that helped help you access more grace, it'd be worth a few minutes of your time. 1 Peter 4 and 10. 1 Peter 4, 10 says, As every man, who? How many? Every man has received the gift. Have you received some gifts? We could show you three or four other scriptures in the New Testament, just like this one, that says every one of us has received grace. Every one of us has received gifts differing. Say it out loud. I have received grace. I have received gifts. So we've already talked about grace and gifts can be received in vain. It can be like they, they're not there. If you never perceive them, never acknowledge them, never yield to them, never develop in them. But that's, you know, the Lord wouldn't tell you all this today so you could go on and be oblivious to it. This is about coming into a greater measure of grace than we've ever operated in before. Right? Becoming aware of graces we didn't even know were there. And in stepping out in them and going further in them than we have before. Somebody say, so be it. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If you're a bad steward, you squander, you waste what was given under your charge. A good steward takes care of it, doesn't waste any of it, uses it till its maximum potential. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Verse 11 If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God gives. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Grace enabled you to speak. Grace enabled you to minister. Grace enabled you to give. And the result of all this is people helped, needs met, and God glorified. Isn't it? Because it's His grace working through all of us. In the NIV, let me read this verse 10 and 11 in the NIV. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. What are you graced and gifted to do? Every gift. You know, I'm graced to speak. I'm graced to lead this ministry. It's not for me. It's for you. Right? This for you. If I'm not serving you and helping you, it's not a grace from God. You are graced. You, whether you ever stand up behind a pulpit or not is beside the point. You are graced to help somebody. You have gifts. 
You say, well, if they are, I don't know what they are. I don't know what they are. Well, they're there. Whether you know what they are or not, they're there. Some of them have been there since you were born. Others have been added when you were born again or filled with the Spirit. Say it out loud. I am gifted. I am graced. I magnify my ministry. Man, it'd help you if you just went around the rest of the day and the rest of the week said, I am graced, I am greatly graced. I am gifted, and I am graced. And your head may go, huh, huh, what? Say, just hush, just listen. I am graced. I'm graced. And this grace and gifting enables me to serve others and help others. He said, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. You know, if if you don't see behind the scenes around here, you come in, you see the service, and and you see a few singers and players, and you see me and Phyllis and some of the rest of the staff. But there are hundreds and hundreds of people working all over this place, and they are graced to do this, and graced to do that, and graced to help a baby quit crying. Huh? And grace to get something clean. And grace to keep a machine running. Come on. And it takes all of these graces. Because if they're not. I mean, how many understand if I was changing diapers all morning and trying to get babies to quit crying, it would hinder me. Huh? I'd come up all disheveled. And go, oh man, now what was I going to do? Whew, it's been a rough morning. Huh? Everybody needs to focus on their grace and then that's taken care of. And you know, people who are operating in their grace and faithful in their place, it's easy to take them for granted. Because people like that, you never hear from them. They're no problem. They're no trouble. They're just always where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be, doing, and it just everything gets done. And it takes everybody in their place for the whole body of Christ to accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish. And one of the problems we have now is you've got a handful of people trying to do everybody's job in the ministry and it just can't be done. Do you have graces? Do you have gifts? Is there a place you should be in operating, doing things that help other people and help serve people and help serve the kingdom? Yes, and if you're not there, see how quick you can find it. See how quick you can get in it, because this life is short. And in a few days, you're going to be out of here. No, he said, let me finish reading it. He said, let each one of you, each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it. As one speaking the very words of God. Do you understand? No man, no woman, not me, not anybody can get up and have the words of God come through your mouth. Except by the grace of God. Right? I don't care how smart you think you are. How well you think you could speak. Or how hard you'd study. It would come to nothing. It would mean nothing except by the grace of God. He goes on to say if anyone serves... He should do it with the strength God provides. Said out loud, God's grace enables me to speak. God's grace makes me strong. God's grace helps me. Hallelujah. It's in you. He said, if anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Stand up on your feet, everybody. I want us to believe the Lord that these teachings are not just words. They're not just notes we put on a pad or principles we log in our memory. But that the living word is working in us. And that we are being enlightened and enabled to perceive and be aware of and acknowledge the grace that God has put in us. 
and yield to it until good things happen through us. And great things happen through us to the degree that people will go, wow, that's great. That's amazing. How'd you do that? Do you know the answer, my friend? Huh? Do you know the answer? How'd you do that? And you go, it, it wasn't just me. It was the grace of God in me and with me. Praise God. Close your eyes if you would. Pray this out loud after me. Father God, I believe your words. You said you have graced me. Every one of us have been gifted and graced according to your will, according to your plan. If I've not acknowledged it, if I've ignored it, if I've made light of it, if I've attributed it to myself, forgive me for ignorance, foolishness, pride. I ask you, open my eyes, help me to perceive your grace in me. And your grace in others. Your grace is you. I will respect it. I will make much of it. I will praise it and glorify it. I'll give the credit to your grace, to you, and not to myself, and not to others. Thank you you. for helping me me. to acknowledge acknowledge every good thing thing that is in me, that that you've put in me, in in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, just lift your hands, begin to praise, begin to thank Begin to give him glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all you've put in me. Thank you, Lord, for all you've put upon me. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your gifts. Oh, thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.